ready. Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. All right, everybody. Welcome aboard. We're continuing the marathon uh, that is running live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We welcome you here for the first time. Tonight is uh, Monday, February 12th, 2024 for the Archives. We've got a great show for you tonight. I'm excited to welcome back two men of God. They're going to be talking about this new book that is getting ready to pop. I'm talking about none other than Troy Anderson and Colonel David Giamona. How are you all doing, gentlemen? Hey, thank you uh, for having us on tonight. It's great to be with you. Troy, how are hey, you doing? Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's great, great, great to talk to you again, be on your show. Yes, sir. Now, Colonel, I don't want to butcher your last name, so pronounce your last name for me. I may have got it wrong. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Jimona. Jimona. I got it right then. Okay. You did. Yeah, absolutely. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, gentlemen, uh, we'll start it off with uh, prayer. Who would like to do the honor and open us up in prayer? Oh, I'll go ahead. Uh, Father, we just thank you for tonight and everyone listening that your grace would flow in a very powerful way and that your spirit would just touch lives as we begin to talk about why we're here on planet Earth, what this life is all about, and what our real mission is in light of everything going on in the world today. And for that, we give you the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I say amen to that. Gentlemen, for the sake of those that may be hearing you for the first time, and we hope that we've got some first-time listeners, uh, would you both uh, take a moment and give a little bio of each of yourselves? Tell us who you are. Um. Troy, do you want to go, or do you would like me to go first? Oh, oh yeah, go ahead, Colonel. Uh, yeah, well, um, they call me Colonel because I spent the last 32 years in the United States Army as a chaplain, uh, going around the world, being in combat, um, grad, and I say I graduated, I retired in 2018 after 32 years. So I've seen um, combat in Saudi Arabia, Desert Storm, in Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Central America. And uh, after that, uh, great experience uh, preaching the gospel around the world in places like Asia, you know, the Middle East, Europe, um, all over the place. Uh, after that, God in 2018 um, spoke to me and wanted me to write a book on the end times. And that was our first book. That's where I met Troy. And uh, Troy, of course, will tell you about himself. But uh, when we wrote the Military Guide to Armageddon, it was released in January 2021, right after the insurrection, the supposed insurrection anyway. And uh, things just started taking off. And Troy has been um, a great co-author and just a great uh, battle buddy in in this Thing that and we've been on literally hundreds of interviews around the world, talking about the end times, talking about what God's doing. We've been on Newsmax, Daystar, CBN, OANN, Todd Starnes, Washington Times, you name it. We've been on it, and it's good to be with you tonight to really talk about this new upcoming book, uh, Your Mission in God's Army. And uh, before we get into it, I'll let Troy introduce himself. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm, I've been a journalist for over three decades. I was a reporter at the uh, Los Angeles Daily News for many years. And I was an executive editor of Charisma Magazine, uh, senior editor of uh, Godspeed Magazine. And now we have a, a company called an Inspired Literary Group where we help people uh, write and edit books and get them published. And I'm a vice president of, of Battle Ready Ministries here at the Colonel. Uh, he, he had gotten hold of me a, a few years ago out of the blue. And at the time, he was writing a book called The Making of a Warrior. And... Um, when he first uh, contacted me, I, I, knew, I knew about these polls that say uh, 60 to 70, 80 percent of the public highly respects the, the military. And so I, I had written a couple of books with Paul McGuire in the past, the, the Babylon Code and Apocalypse. They, they'd done very well. But it was sort of hard to get this message out about the, um, you know, the dangers. Uh, and so when the colonel called me, I thought to myself, uh, if America and the church will listen to anybody about the dangers we're facing, they'll, they'll listen to a retired uh, U.S. Army chaplain and colonel. And so we, we teamed up on the Military Guide to Armageddon. It's the number one bestseller. And the second book was uh, Military Guide to Disarmament Deception, also a number one bestseller. And then, then we then the colonel had the idea for this third book now, uh, Your Mission in God's Army, Discovering and Completing Your Faith-Filled Assignment Before Christ's Return. And I, I just thought that was a an amazing title uh, about how we could inspire and encourage Christians to, to join God's end times army, to join, to help, you know, bring in, uh, you know, the, this, this, the great, the great harvest revival um, to help awaken the world to the lateness of the hour on God's clock and, and help prepare Christians for, for Jesus' return. I'll tell you what, you gentlemen have some impressive <clears throat> credentials. And um, I think the last program we did together was probably the military guide to Armageddon. I'm just, uh, it's amazing these books that you're putting out, especially at this time. Uh, if ever we needed help in getting prepared for the end times, get battle ready, uh, as your ministry name is titled, is now. Uh, even as the world is uh, going into battle. Um, I think a lot of times in the church, gentlemen, we have not been taught that uh, God also has a military and we're actually involved in active warfare. What's your thoughts on that? Well, that's a great lead into everything we're talking about. What I what I tell people all the time is that we are the Bible is a book about war. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, you read it, it's all about either physical combat or spiritual warfare. And so uh, when I went to war in actuality, uh, starting in Desert Storm, um, a lot of soldiers who believed in God came back devastated because they weren't really prepared spiritually uh, mentally, emotionally, for what they were going to see in combat, they thought, well, God's going to protect me, and I won't get harmed, or my soul, friends won't get killed, and and nothing was further from the truth, because we are in a real war, uh, you know, physically, and we're in a real battle uh, spiritually. Uh, there are casualties of war that we see all over, all over the place. And so, to help... Uh, believers, followers of Jesus, to really discover who God is and what this life is all about. You know, we wrote this, Your Mission in God's Army. But yeah, we're in war. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you see pastors falling all the time, big churches. Uh, you see uh, people of God, uh, national leaders fall, uh, you know, in all kinds of different uh, types of warfare that's going on. So we're undoubtedly living in the end times and living during a time that we must be prepared for the spiritual war that we're fighting right now. Troy, 
You know, uh, Shannon, uh, it was back in, in 2009. I was a reporter at the LA Daily News, and I'd, uh, a guy at church had, had mentioned there's there's going to be this this prophecy conference at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, here, here in Southern California. And so I, I went there, and I you know talked to editors to let me let me cover that. And um, and I heard uh, Paul McGuire, my first co-author, he was speaking. There were probably like 3,000 people there. Uh, Tim LaHaye was speaking there, and and, uh, and McGuire said, the world is undergoing the greatest transformation since the Tower of Babel, a coming global government, cashless society, and universal religion. And when he said that, I, I flashed back to when I was 11 years old, and my youth pastor gave me a copy of The Late Great Planet Earth. And I read that book like in two days on a on the sandy bluff overlooking the 101. I was just fascinated with Bible prophecy from the time I was a little kid. And so when I was at that conference, I, I thought to myself, if this is really happening, this is gigantic. This is one of the biggest stories in the world. You know, I'm, I'm an investigative journalist. And so it sort of began this, this whole decade-long investigation where we're really moving into these end-time events the Bible talks about. And, you know, for the, for the first, you know, seven or eight years, I'd, I'd write all kinds of stories and wrote a couple of books. We got a pretty good response, but, you know, a lot of people were highly skeptical. But now, now after the pandemic, uh, you know, the Great Reset, I mean, just all the this wholesale changes we've seen in the world, the widespread immorality, the rise of artificial intelligence. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's, I think it's becoming evident to more and more people that, you know, what the Bible predicted is actually in the process of happening. And um, and so that's that's why it's it's so so important. Well, whatever time we have left, we may only have a few years left. Maybe we've got a decade left. I mean, who, who knows? The Bible says only God you know knows the day and hour when all this will happen. But whatever time we do have left, it's very important for, for Christians to really you know step out and share their faith. There's there's only a small percentage of believers that share their faith anymore, and yet there's people that are you know worldwide are waking up to you know are we moving into the, the events of the Book of Revelation? What what's happening here? We got wars breaking out around the world. Uh, you know, we, we for the first time in history, there's all these technologies where you could actually have the mark of the beast system, and you can have artificial intelligence now control it. You know, Elon Musk just came out with this new chip, brain chip implant. You know, could could that be something connected to the to the mark of the beast where you can't buy or sell unless you take this mark? It's, it's all t- talked about Revelation 13. So, I mean. If there's ever a time for Christians to rise up and stand up for what they believe and and do what Jesus called us to do, his last instruction to the disciples was to take the gospel to all the world. And um, it's called the Great Commission. And and so there's this unprecedented opportunity before us now to to share a faith, to share a hope, and, and give people hope. There's a lot of hopelessness uh, in the world, and, and people need that. And so we want to inspire people to uh, step up, be bold, be courageous, and you know, get get battle ready and and help. Uh, you know, it's it's all hands on deck now. You know, it's interesting, gentlemen. I just looked at my clock, and here in Bali, Indonesia, it's nine eleven a.m. in the morning. Nine one one. I've been seeing that number a lot. Now, is that coincidence? I don't know, <laughs> but I think it's kind of uncanny because, you know, people woke up one day, September eleventh, what two thousand one, and uh, their their lives changed forever. Uh, who expected that day to turn out like it did? And, you know, fast forward, you can wake up in the morning, a war could have, could have kicked off in some part of the globe. And that's going to change many people's lives. Now we're hearing about it all the time, you know. Um, will America go to war against Russia? Will China invade Taiwan? You know, uh, the Houthi war, Yemen, all this stuff going on, Israel. Um, 
The Bible talks a lot about war, doesn't it? Back to your point, you know. Jesus said before he returned, there would be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, it talks about warn the saints that's coming. I think God's trying to get our attention, gentlemen, that, uh, yes, war goes with the, the job of being a Christian. Now, I want you all to drill down on your book tonight, um, Your Mission in God's Army. Take it over, Brother Colonel. Yeah. Well, um, when we put our pen to paper on writing this, uh, Your Mission in God's Army, really we wanted to explore our purpose and give people hope in these really difficult times. Um, you know, Donald Trump has been talking about we're on the verge of World War III. I happen to believe we are. We may be already in World War III and not even realize it <clears throat> for a lot of reasons, but we'll get into that later. But we wrote this book to give people hope in the midst of very difficult situations. And so we talk about in the book the four W's as we kick the book off. And the four W's starts out with why am I here? And, of course, this is a question that's plagued generations of thousands of years. What is my purpose? What am I here? If you're an evolutionist, you're an atheist, agnostic, uh, um, you know, you've answered your question by saying, well, we're just here because it's haphazard. We're just here. It's an accident. Uh, When I die, nothing's going to happen. I'll just be be buried and dead, and I'll just fall asleep, and that's the end of my life. But that's... Nothing further from the truth. That's actually a lie. We're here for a purpose. God has placed us on planet Earth to be his reflection of his glory, to witness to the others, to, to tell people about a, you know, a Savior that have died for them, and you know we can live forevermore. And so the why and the what, you know, we talk about in the book, what is my purpose? So if you're a believer, your life, only starts here on earth, but it doesn't end at death. It just, we're just here for a short period of time, but we're built for all of eternity. And so the, the purpose for us to be here is to reflect God's glory and to live and, you know, die for him if we have to. But, you know, our purpose is very clear in the Bible, you know, to uh, not only reflect his glory, but to Follower, be a follower of Jesus and do what Jesus has created us to do. We can get into that more. There's a lot of depth to that. And then the other, the third one is who am I? Who am I in Jesus Christ? And most Christians, believe it or not, uh, do, do, do not even have a biblical worldview. And so we're trying to correct that. Most Christians don't even read their Bibles. Or, you know, they say they're Christians, but they don't read their Bible. They don't know what a biblical worldview. They follow the culture. They follow the latest fad. They follow the latest fashion. But we are followers of Jesus Christ, and that's who we are, and we're special in God's eye. And the last thing I would say is, of the four W's, where am I going? That's the really important key, because most believers don't even know what happens when we die. And um, it's very uh, frightening to hear some people talk about, well, I don't really know what's going to happen to die. I'm afraid of dying. And on and on it goes. No, we're built for a purpose to go to be with Jesus in heaven and then come back with him. And and he's going to recreate the heavens and the earth. And we're going to live on this planet Earth, the new heavens and the new earth and a new Jerusalem forever and ever. And uh, we have great rewards ahead of us. So. That's just a, t- a taste or a touch of really what's in the book, 
your mission in God's army. Troy, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, one thing that was very interesting in, in um, you know, working on this book was this all discovered all these Bible verses that talk about that God has a plan for our lives, that he created, you know, from the foundations of the world, he planned out all our lives in intricate detail. So we, we have free will, but yet if we will, you know, move, step into what God has planned for our lives, he'll, he'll perform, you know, he'll, he'll move, you know, move heaven and heaven and earth to, to uh, help us, you know, get on the path that he has for our lives. So like there's one great, great verse, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So in my my life journey, you know, I found that when I when I sort of signed up for God's program, when I signed up for God's army, you know, he, he put me to work. And, uh, and it's, it's not been easy. And there's been many trials and, and tribulations, but there's also been, in, you know, many, many amazing things, many miracles that have happened. And, you, and you, as you pray, as you draw close to God, as you read your Bible, as you fellowship, you do all these things you're, you're supposed to do, you, you just see the hand of God working in your life. And so I would encourage your, your audience, <clears throat> you know, if you're, if you're wondering about, you know, what God's mission for you is, what God's assignments for you are, uh, pray, a- ask the Lord to show you. He, he will. He, he will guide you and, you know, through, through people, through uh, different things you might read or see and hear. Uh, like an inner voice, you know, the, the Bible talks about the, the still small voice of God. You know, if you, if you think back over your life, think about all the times where that, that still small voice told you not to do this, not to do that, and you did it anyway, <clears throat> and then you got in trouble, right? <clears throat> so that's, you know, we, we were inbuilt with that. It's, it's like our, uh, you know, it's like the, the it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, you know, talking to us. And so if you ask the Lord to, to show you your, your mission, show you your assignments, he, he will guide you. And so this book, you know, goes through sort of like a, a step-by-step process of how you can, you know, how you can transform your life to, to join God's army, get get on board with his plan for your life. And and he has, you know, amazing, amazing things that he, he would like you to do, you know, for, no matter what, what you're doing right now in life. And it may, may not involve a career change or it may, it may involve a career change or it could just be, you know, expanding your uh, ability to, you know, to share the faith with other people. I mean, who knows? But uh, there's uh, amazing things that God has planned for for everybody on on planet Earth. You know, gentlemen, I think this is a timely book. Um, As I contemplate life sometimes and wonder why bad things happen to good people, you know, why are we seeing all this craziness out there? I really come to the realization that we're born into a battlefield. And, you know, mm-hmm. some of us don't make it out of the womb. They get murdered in the womb. And, you know, you're you're being attacked from conception the devil by the devil who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if we make it out of the womb, it's like being, again, born into um, a battlefield. The devil is going to be trying to destroy us from day one. And if we um, take all this too lightly and kind of go haphazardly about life, uh, we can go out in a body bag, become a casualty of a real war. Uh, Would you agree that uh, we are involved in a very real spiritual warfare with an enemy that's firing live ammunition since probably the fall of Adam and Eve? Oh, I think you're exactly right. Um, We are born into this world. The world is broken. You know, since the fall of Adam and Eve, 
uh, God put a curse on the world. And even in the Garden of Eden, which was perfect in all its ways, Adam and Eve fell to sin, which they didn't even know what sin was. They fell to temptation um, through a serpent. Saying, and the serpent said, "Did God really say?" And the serpent's been saying that all this, all these years. In fact, out of the six thousand years of known human history, written human history, there's only been two hundred and sixty-eight years of world peace. Uh, that's a lot of warfare, and so it's just. And what you, why I say that is because what you see um, in the world is actually happening in parallel in the in the spiritual. Because what did the Apostle Paul say in Ephesians six? He said that we're not fighting against each other, flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, powers of this dark world. And so we're born into battle. We're and if we don't understand, you know, how to be equipped in this battle and how to fight. If we don't know what our mission is, you know, the worst thing in the world, you know, I was in the military 32 years, the worst thing in the world is not know what your mission is. Because if you don't know what your mission is, you don't know how to equip for the mission, you don't know how to, what the enemy is about, you don't know anything about it. And that's why, like, Zig Ziglar, who is a world-renowned author and speaker, said, and we quote him in the book, outstanding people have one thing in common, an absolute sense of mission. You know, there are times in the mission where the commander-in-chief of the army will say, I want you to take that hill and hold it at all costs until you're relieved. That means you're to, to hold that hill or die fighting or die trying. And the commander-in-chief of the heavenly army, who is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, has told us, hey, you may have to hold this hill. You may have to hold your ground until you know you're relieved, until you're taken up. But if not, then you may you know die fighting. And look, it's, everybody thinks death is the worst thing. It is not the worst thing. Uh, in fact, for some people, death is a blessed event because there's so much pain. I'm not saying suicide, but I'm saying people who have you know, you know a lot of uh, you know disease in their life or a lot of heartache. And they pass from this life, and they're believers. They go to the next. That's one of the best things that's ever happened to them. They don't realize it at the time, and so and we don't realize it. But the important thing is, a lot of people say this, and this is kind of controversial, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. A lot of say, "Hey, Chap and Jamona, Troy, we don't have to worry about it. We're going in the rapture, and God's going to take us out of this, you know, crazy planet, and we're going to be with Jesus forever and ever." And I say amen to that. I hope and pray that that does happen. But however, I have to remind everybody that right now, and you said you're in Indonesia, around the world, there are Christians who are dying for their faith. They're in the battle. That's right. They haven't been raptured. And they've gone through you know, martyrdom for the cause of Christ. In fact, in the last 10, 20 years, more people, Christians, have been martyred than the whole history of the church the last 2,000 years because of the significance of these end times. Absolutely right on. Uh, are we going to say the Lord is going to pull the North Koreans out in a rapture? Listen, they're dying right now. I believe we've got mm-hmm. to be prepared to go the distance until the Lord returns. Either when we die, returns at the last trump. If we get out of here early, I agree with you. That's gravy. But uh, as I read it, uh, we're going through tribulation. Now, let me ask you, gentlemen, this. Um, I look at it as uh, God launched a rescue mission, a military operation when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. 
to come and die for us that all that believeth in him would not perish and uh, he came and accomplished that mission and has given every human being an opportunity to call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ repent of their sins and be saved um, how is he going to bring that about is it not through first saving us and then we're recruited into his end time army given a, a battlefield uh, order great commission to go out and reach the lost with signs that follow Mark, you know, Mark 16 talks about and these you know it talks about uh, going to the world and preach ye the gospel and those that believe and are baptized shall be saved and these signs shall follow them that believe as I look at that uh, that's a battlefield order by the Lord Jesus Christ, the commander of the host. And uh, has that order been rescinded? And when we're talking military terms, when an order is given, uh, is it expected to be followed um, haphazardly or until it's uh, been accomplished? What's your take on that? Mm. Troy, Troy, you want to take that? Oh, yeah, no, no, go, go ahead, Colonel. Well, let me go back to uh, our commander-in-chief. For just a moment, because when we get when in the military, when you get an order, oh, you are going to obey that order, or something bad is going to happen to you. And the other, the, the other opposite side of this, you don't obey the order, you can get people killed because you're not following the direction. Because it's a team, you know, the army is a team. <coughs> Excuse me, but I want to let's talk about the Lord. You know, the Lord Himself had an order from the Father. Uh, he had a battlefield. Um, Order and it says this, and he preached this in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. He said, This is his battlefield order. This is what the Father had given him. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the Lord Jesus himself had received the Father's orders to for the Spirit to come on him and to preach the good news and to set captives free. Now, Jesus has given us an order. And he said, go and make disciples. He didn't say make converts. He said, I want you to go out in the power of the Spirit, because he says in Acts chapter 1 to the disciples, wait here in Jerusalem for the power that you're going to be given so that you can go out and proclaim this through you know the power of the spirit there are a lot of believers out there who haven't waited on the on the lord to be filled with the holy spirit and so they're trying to do things in their own power and it doesn't work that way so yes you're exactly right we have been commanded by the lord to make disciples not converts Converts is good. We get to, you know, be converted from being an atheist, a heathen, whatever you are, to a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. But then he said, make disciples, empower them, teach them, instruct them, give people the weapons that they need to proclaim the liberty uh, in the favor of the year. So, you know, in this battlefield situation that we're in, in the worldwide, our, our uh, direction from the Lord is to be a witness to Jesus Christ, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to uh, proclaim liberty to those who are in bondage to Satan. So all those things are part of our marching orders, 
And uh, it's it's sad to see that many of the people who actually go to church or say they're Christians aren't following any of those orders at this time. You know, over in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, gentlemen, as I read that, I think it's uh, making it pretty clear that we have a real opponent, an enemy, that has the ability, the Word of God says, to kill, steal, and destroy. Is that to be taken lightly? Is that uh, hyperbole? Or is there actually an uh, a opponent out there that can do you and I some bodily harm, take us out of a body bag? What do you think, Troy? You know, Shannon, um, we, we began working on these books, uh, that this, Your Mission in God's Army, and another one, Pastor Bagley, he, we were on the show here a week ago or so on, on Revelation 9-11, uh, coincidentally. And during that time, it was uh, it was late 2022, my, my wife, you know, we've had a, a lot of spiritual attacks, but this is the most severe one in my life. She got uh, severe COVID pneumonia. She got... Uh, Severe pancreatitis, severe sepsis, had stomach bleeding. She was in the hospital for 17 days. Wow. The doctor told me she only had a 50-50 chance of living. And so I asked everybody to pray for her. I asked our Battery Ministries team, Pastor Bagley's prayer intercessor team, our, our small group, our family, our friends. Everybody was praying for Irene. Uh, everybody, she's, if, you, if you meet her, it's, everybody loves her. She's just like a, a ray of sunshine, like a... Uh, just, she's you know, just a wonderful uh, lady, and but I was I was very concerned, you know, and and so everybody prayed for her, and, and she she made it through. I, we believe that God God healed her and and saved her. Now she's she's fine and she's doing she's doing well. But then afterward, getting hospital bill, I mean, it was just gar- gargantuan, and I had no idea how we we're going to pay for this. And so we asked her, you know, can you pray that the, you know, we could somehow take care of this this hospital bill? So the hospital had us you know, submit our tax returns, was you know all our financial stuff, just all our assets, everything. And I thought, well, maybe they'll they'll chop it down by you know twenty five percent, or maybe cut it in half or something. But then they came back and they forgave the entire thing, and um, and so so God saved her life and then forgave the bill. It's almost like the story of salvation. You know, he came here, he died for us, paid the price for our sins so that we can, you know, have eternal life. And so, yeah, the the, the devil can kill, he's seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. And so there's, there's a real battle going on, and there, there are real casualties. And But God can intervene and, and save us. And so that's, that's why it's so important to, you know, learn how to draw close to the Lord, learn how to walk in the you know, supernatural power and protection provision of the Holy Spirit, especially as, as we move into these end times, there's going to be more attacks. There's going to be more of this stuff happening. There's going to be more persecution here in America and the West. There's already terrible persecution going on around the world. We're watching this. I mean, if you just watched the Super Bowl yesterday, the, you know, it's, a, it's the, sat- the the annual satanics, you know, halftime show, you know, and it's, it's, it's everywhere now. Just all the, the demonic stuff going on, the widespread wickedness. I, I just saw somebody post on Facebook the other day, uh, this interesting comment, she said, uh, we're, we're living in a world full of wicked people, and and, and we are, we're, we're seeing the demonic, you know, we're seeing um, more and more and more spiritual warfare, more possession going on, more wicked things, school shootings, you know, you know, just you, you name it, it's happening, and so the, the answer here is to draw close to the Lord, put on the, the full armor of God, and uh, that's that's how we're going to get through this time. But not just get through it, but we're, we're going to be victorious warriors. You know, this is the most exciting time in history to be a Christian. God's 
put us all here at this time so that we can, you know, fulfill the, the job he has for us, the assignments he has for us. You know, the Lord told us, occupy till they come. We're not supposed to just, you know, sit back and, and take it easy. We're supposed to be in this fight and, and spreading the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead, praying for people, you know, uh, just everything Jesus told us to do, casting out demons. You know, all these things that God told us to do, like the first century disciples, they, they turned the world upside down. We had that opportunity before us now if we'll just simply, you know, sign up for God's army. Absolutely. Uh, gentlemen, I think it's very clear that uh, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us. And then when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're drafted into the Lord's end time army with a mission to go out mm-hmm. there and uh, win others for Jesus that the devil has many of them captive as a POW right now. Harvest field is white, the workers are few, Jesus said. The Great Commission has never been rescinded. And um, we're all called to this end-time army. Now, what would you think the chances of someone's survival, Colonel, would be if they were put into a war zone with a shooting enemy, dropped right there, at ground zero, front lines, and uh, they didn't go in there with any um, armor, bulletproof vest, Kevlar helmet. They didn't have their battle weapon. And they just had a lackadaisical attitude that, you know, hey, this enemy's not going to do anything to me. Uh, how long do you think they would survive dropped into a war zone? Uh, You've been in many wars. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they they would survive a few seconds, maybe a few moments. But uh, actually, this is uh, I have several things to say about that. Number one, I was actually um, in the hangars uh, loading uh, troops up from the 101st Airborne Division, getting ready to go to Iraq, and we had taken with us some uh, of all the sorties, three million uh, rounds of. Uh, weapons, uh, ammunition, three three million rounds of ammo, and uh, a small arms ammo, plus all the ships of ammo and everything else going on. We had tons and tons of ammo. And while I was sitting there, um, reporters were being embedded in the units going out the door to war. And I went up to this one uh, reporter and said, hey, um, how much training did you have with these guys before you go out? And he looked at me and said, well, Chaplain, none. I haven't had any training. I said, so you're telling me you're going on a mission into a, a deadly place, a combat in harm's way, and you have no tra- uh, training and no uh, – and, and he said, yeah, that's that's it. We were just thrown in here, and we're, uh, we're expecting these soldiers to protect us. And I was thinking, oh, man, Lord, these people these – so, these journalists are going to be a liability to these soldiers because if they have to think about their lives as well as their own and defending themselves, it's going to be a it's going to be a bad day. And, and some journalists were killed in combat, no no question about it. When what I tell people all the time is this: I said, you know, the church wants you know these us to fight, the, you know, the great fight, the great battle, and you'll get get on these missions, but they've not been equipping the saints. To do this, like going, you're going to a war and you hand a guy a rifle and said, hey, I want you to go fight this. But he doesn't know how to use the weapon. He doesn't know any of the doctrines of the army or how to fight or what the plan is or what the mission is. He's going to get himself killed, probably get us all killed, too, uh, trying to protect him. 
And that's the problem with the, you know, the so-called church. I love the church. Don't get me wrong. We are the church. But this organized religion we call church, these things out there that people are so wrapped up around, they, they study all the time, but they don't come to any conclusion is they don't they don't they don't train their people in the art of spiritual warfare. What's this, what are the weapons of our warfare and how do we use them and what our mission is? So there's a lot of things to unpack in what I'm saying here. And then going back to what you said about our enemy, you know, the enemy gets a vote. People, Christians don't realize the enemy knows us better than, better than we know ourselves. He knows where we live. He knows our weaknesses. He knows, you know, how to tempt us. He knows the whole thing. Here's what it says in Ezekiel chapter 28 about our enemy. It says, and he's talking to the king of Tyre, but he's actually talking to Satan. Ezekiel says, you are the seal of perfection. You are full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was adorned on you, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, topaz, and the rest. Your settings and mountings were made of gold, and on the day you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed guardian cherub, for I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. This is the enemy uh, who is the, the chief enemy of God, the chief enemy of the church and us, who has demons that, you know, by the millions that follow him. This is the enemy that we're fighting. This is no uh, ordinary person. This is an ordained, you know, wicked angel that was of the highest order. And this is the fight that we're in worldwide, which Jesus said he's the God of this world. So uh, we have to be very careful in not taking this uh, flippantly or just walking around like we don't have a sense of mission. Because once you get complacent in this world, Satan's going to take you out. Absolutely. Troy? You know, one thing that I've seen happening, and it seems like this is the the, the great plan of the enemy, is to try to demoralize us. You know, the it's, it's this constant message in... In, in the media, in, in Hollywood, and in just, you know, social media, just pretty much everywhere you're receiving some kind of information is it's all sort of designed to convey this one sort of central message that the elite have all the power, uh, that they are taking over the world. They're openly flaunting that, you know, they go to the World Government Summit, they go to Davos, uh, they've called for the Great Reset. Um, they're implementing the cancel culture. Um, and it's, it's all it's all it's it's all like a bully tactics of the devil to try to demoralize us, make us think there's nothing we can do, and that what they really want us to do is they want us to do nothing. They want us to to be complacent. They want us to you know back off from you know uh, doing what Jesus told us to do. And and uh, it's a, it's a strategy of of the devil to um, you know because everything we see happening is, is sort of preparing the world for for the arrival of the antichrist you know their 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 messiah their 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 savior and um, and so but but rather than be demoralized rather than think that we don't have power you need, you need to keep in mind God created the entire universe 
he created life, he created earth, he created each of us, and he gave us a, a, a you know, he gave us a, a destiny, he gave us a, a plan for our lives, and by praying, he will intervene in our lives in miraculous ways, and, and, uh, and take us through this this whole time and 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 in victory and then and then promise us you know so the, so the elite are now saying you know these these transhumanists are saying uh you know we, with artificial intelligence and and genetic engineering we'll be able to live for hundreds of years we can sort of create our own immortality we can upload our our you know memories and brains to uh, you know, computers and things like this, and, and achieve immortality. But you know, you know, the Bible is clear. The, 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 you know, the maximum length of a human's life is 120 years, but in, in usually 70 to 80 by by reason of strength is what Psalms tells us. You know, so all these different things that the you know the, the elite and these you know demonic forces are are pushing uh, are are just lies. You know, Jesus said that the devil is the father of lies, and everything he does is is about you know lying, killing, stealing, and destroying. And so, so rather rather than you know, fall for this deception. That was, that was our second book, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. Rather than falling for all the satanic deception going on today, if you if you read the Word of God, if you stay in the Bible, then you know the, the God, the Holy Spirit works through the Scripture to transform your mind, renew your mind, and transform your life. And uh, and then you could you could walk in this supernatural power protection and provision of the Holy Spirit. That's the that's the key is to see through the, the lies and deception and to realize that God has this amazing plan for our life and regardless of what happens here, He's promised us, you know, eternal life. And the Bible says that in heaven, uh, no eye has seen nor ear has heard the, the the wonders that God has prepared for those who lo- who love Him. And so that's that's our ultimate you know destiny, and and those who, who don't accept Jesus as their Savior, don't accept you know His His sacrifice on the cross, so we can be forgiven of our sins, you know our our uh, our, our sins and you know uh, forgiven. Um, you know the Bible is very clear. Jesus talked about it a lot that that your destiny is is the lake of fire. It's hell. Um, you know, you don't hear that preached anymore, but you know that's what the Bible says over and over, especially the Book of Revelation. So you've got to choose: Are you going to accept the Lord and His forgiveness of your sins and go to heaven, or are you going to, you know, just sort of go your own way, do your own thing, be your own God? And uh, you know, the Bible's clear that you know we'll all stand before God one day and give an account for our lives, and we will be judged, you know, on on how we responded to the uh, Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. I hope this is a wake-up call to some out there. Because, folks, the Bible is very clear. We're born into the battle zone. And first there was war in heaven. And then it talks about then there's war on the saints coming. It could have already started. For some, you know, they're giving their lives for Christ right now in many parts of the world. That's a fact. Millions have already laid down their lives for Christ. Before it's over with, we may also be asked to do that. We'll speak on that in a moment. But you know, I think it's very clear that we're in a battle zone. We're in a shooting war with an enemy that wants you and I dead. And he wants not only to kill you and I, but then go after our family, our loved ones. And um, if we're in denial, folks, it's going to make the job of the enemy that much easier. Um Bible's very clear. He's given us weapons of our warfare, armor. We've got, the, we've got an offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit. And you know, we're talking in terms of spiritual, but these things have real physical ramifications. You know, there are some people, gentlemen, that are actually fighting on the wrong side of the army. They're not with the Lord, but they're on the enemy's team, and the enemy is using them to kill people. 
still destroy pillage start wars so this is a real thing folks you can get killed if you're ignorant to the enemy's devices and uh, you know just taking a lackadaisical attitude well you know I'm just going to bury my head in the sand or I'll ignore this it won't affect me Um, what do you think the reality is gentlemen of someone who just says you know hey uh, I don't want any part of this warfare. I'll just do my own thing. Uh, is there a place, that, a Switzerland, if you will, a neutral zone that a person can go where they can just opt out of this war? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, um, in World War One, there I don't know if the readers or listeners uh, are aware, but in World War One, uh, we're the battle uh, 1914 to 1918 it was called trench warfare and in the middle of that trench warfare if you were to get up and charge the enemy let's say you're british and you're charging in a german position the chances of your survival is zero because that was called no man's land because everybody died charging machine guns uh, it's not a good idea to get up get out of your trench and charge a machine gun point blank because you're going to be cut in half. And so, you know, with that uh, kind of warfare that was going on, what happened was the reason that warfare was happening is because we were using Napoleonic tactics, tactics of the previous century to fight with modern weapons of machine guns, t- tanks, grenades, and all that, and over 20 million soldiers died. In fact, World War One ended because there was nobody else to throw into the battlefield. That's based, That's actually true if you look it up. And so, you know, bring it on today. You're talking about, you know, is there an is there a such thing as a neutral zone in this war? In fact, um, Troy probably doesn't want me to say this, but I'm actually going to write. I'm thinking of writing a new book called Casualties of War that talks about all this. But that's that's for another date and time, I guess. However, here's the thing: there is no neutral ground in the war that we're fighting. And yes, you're right. Exactly. Um, you know, what you see in the natural, the wars that are going on, it's actually going on in the spiritual realm as well. We just don't see it. And so you're either in the side of light, light and God, or you're in the side of Satan and darkness. There, there is no in-between. There's no someone out there that says, well, I'm just not going to fight in this world, in this war. I don't believe in the war. I don't believe in God or the devil or anything else. Well, you're already had a casualty of war. You just don't know it. In fact, I will tell you, uh, a great. there's an interesting story about an atheist professor in Berkeley who led his students uh, to Europe uh, and Paris, and they were touring Paris. And the Louvre and all that wonderful stuff. I've been over there. And uh, this the professor got very sick, and he actually died on an operating table waiting for a surgeon in Paris, France. He's an atheist, and he leaves his body. And the first thing he says to himself is, "This can't be happening to me. This, I'm, if I'm dead, I shouldn't feel anything." But he was actually being brought into hell. You know, so he's going from the frying pan into the fire now for all eternity. And God said, no, it's not your time. He rescued him, brought him back to life. And he became a strong, of course, believer and is witnessing to everybody in Berkeley. And they thought he was absolutely out of his mind. 
But what he discovered was doesn't matter what you believe. It only matters what the truth is. And the truth is we're fighting in a war for our very, very soul, and that's what Satan wants. He wants your soul. He wants the souls of those around us to take them to hell with him because he knows this time is short. But our God is a God of light and life and liberty, and he has given us abundant weapons to fight with, except most believers, a lot of them, don't know what those weapons are, and we'll be glad to talk about them here in, 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 as time permits. We're talking about a new book that's coming out called Your Mission at God's Army, Discovering and Completing Your Faith-Filled Assignment Before Christ's Return. I want to pause just for a moment. Gentlemen, where are people going to be able to order this uh, book, and how will it be made available? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the book is available uh, for pre-order now. It comes out uh, April 16th on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, uh, Target, Walmart, uh, Shakespeare & Company, a famous uh, bookstore in Paris, France, is actually carrying it. And, and so is Harvard Bookstore, of wow. all places. And uh, a parable. And then the, you, you can also go to our websites. Uh, it's uh, DavidJGiamona.com and troyanderson.us and then we, we have a new newsletter we have a free newsletter people can sign up for Battle Ready Ministries newsletter it's battlereadyministries.org and you can order the book there sign up for the free newsletter uh, you know, get all kinds of great articles and, and videos and updates on, on you know where we're speaking and conferences And in fact, in fact we're going to be at the Hear the Watchman conference I think it's uh, April uh, 4th to 8th or something like that in, in Dallas and so you can find out more details about that is by, by signing up for our, our Battery Ministries newsletter, batteryministries.org. You know, I love the direction you gentlemen are going with these books. Uh, could this third one be called the third in a trilogy on this subject? You know, in, in some capacity, yes. It's not actually, you know, the publisher doesn't think it's a trilogy. But from Troy and I's perspective, I think it is a trilogy because it's all about military warfare and spiritual warfare and just navigating through all of that so yeah i think you could uh, it could be a box set with no problem i appreciate the military experience that you bring to the table because you've been in real shooting wars now i just turned 54 in november but 34 years ago i was uh had just turned 20 it was November 27th, 1989, and uh, I needed a job in bad, and thank God I was in the right place at the right time. I was living in Northern Virginia, and so I took the civil service test. To make a long story short, I ended up with a job as a civilian with the U.S. Army DOD Warrant Officer Division Perscom Branch. We were down in Alexandria, Virginia, and I worked on the side of aviation branch where they would make the assignments for the uh, Warrant Officer Aviator Pilots. I hadn't been there three weeks, and the invasion of Panama started. It wasn't much longer. We've got the Kuwaiti War, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, Operation Provide Comfort. I was there for it all as a civilian. And I have the utmost respect for uh, those that have served and are serving now in the military because they laid their lives on on the line. And I, I mean, really just a great crew. Uh, I learned a lot work in six and a half years for the army as a civilian and have a great respect but um, you know I wouldn't look at uh, some of these guys uh, that were serving and at that time in 89 many of them uh, had already fought in Vietnam and then you know 
Right. We would we'd hear about the people being deployed and would actually send orders and deploy people to the Gulf and all these areas. And uh, you know, th- you might not come back, folks. You're going to a war zone. And but somebody had to go and fight the battle. And in this time, you and I, as believers in Christ, have been tapped to fight a battle, a battle for souls that are st- at stake. That if we do not go and obey the command of the the general, the, the commander of the force of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be in trouble and in dereliction of duty, and people's lives could be lost. I'm reminded, gentlemen, uh, where Jesus said, uh, if you do not pick up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. This is not optional, mm-hmm. folks. We all need to volunteer for service. Don't think you can sit this thing out. You know, I it brings me to another one. Um, Judges 5.23. I don't hear too many people preach about this one. It's a very short verse. It was in a time of war. And there were some of the uh, tribes in Israel that would not come to the help of the Lord. God has something to say about people that will not get involved in the warfare. When people's lives are at stake. It said, Curse ye Miraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. And I think there's many examples in the Word of God where where people would not fight. They were held criminally criminally liable. God actually had this one city cursed. The angel cursed them because they would not get off their buttocks and get into the war. They were doing everything else but willing to get in and come to the aid of their brethren uh, who were fighting a, a fight to the death. The enemy was going to try to destroy them. And we've got many people like that. They think, well, that's not my, my fight or my job or my calling. But I don't think people that say that know the word of God. We've all been called to this warfare. You can count, count as a fact that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're automatically put in his troops. And uh, if we want to take it lightly, folks, you can die prematurely. There's people dying before their time. They knew Jesus, praise the Lord, they go home to be with him, but it's no honor to go before your time. There are missions that God has for us to carry out. And beyond that, we're not to abandon ship. Uh, what happens, gentlemen, in a time of war to people that um, go AWOL? <laughs> well, um, back in the Civil War days, in World War One, and even World II, um if you were to go AWOL during a, you know, in your duty in combat, you would be executed, firing squad, uh, dereliction of duty, because uh, they had to set you as an example for, for the rest of the people that uh, were fighting the war. Because once someone deserts, some other people are going to get the idea, well, hey, I could desert too, you know. So they had to be very strict about that. Well, let me let me read something from Ezekiel chapter thirty-three. I think that really fits what you're saying here. It says, "The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, speak to your people and tell them: Suppose they bring the sword against a land, and the people of that land choose a man from among them, appointing him as their watchman." As Troy was just talking about, you know, we're going to the Hear the Watchman conference. And he sees the sword coming against that land and blows the ram's horn to warm the people. 
Then if anyone hears the sound of the horn but fails to heed the warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. Since he heard the sound of the horn but failed to heed the warning, his blood will be on his own head. If he had heeded the warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and fails to blow the horn to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes away a life, then the one will be taken away in his iniquity, but I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. I think this is very, very serious to understand what the Lord is saying here. You know, in these end times, we are the watchmen, we are believers, and we are to warn the... Uh, in fact, God gave me a vision, and Troy can testify this. Uh, he gave me a vision in 2018, my last year of active duty. I went to Kerrville, Texas, and the Lord appeared to me in the form of a lion in the sky. A huge lion's head speaking to me said, I am the lion from the tribe of Judah. I want you to prepare the church and warn the world of my coming. And so that's a two-sided mission that I've been given. To warn the world means to, hey, there is a Jesus, and there's a heaven, and there's a hell. Who do you want to choose? And if and if we don't heed, if we don't do that, if we're not witnesses of Jesus Christ, if we're not doing what, uh, standing on that wall and being the watchman, God's going to hold us accountable and then, you know, when we come stand before him, now, it may not be that we're going to hell because of that, because we're saved by the blood of Jesus. But uh, I don't want to stand in front of Jesus and hear that I didn't do well because I didn't warn those who were going to perish because of their sins. Absolutely correct. Brother Troy? You know, there's there's a very interesting passage in, in Revelation 21. Uh, the Apostle John is talking about the new heaven and the new earth. And then uh, Jesus says, uh, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I'll give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So here's this this great picture of the of what's coming in the future: this new heaven, this new earth, this new Jerusalem, and the amazing things that God has planned for us. But then Jesus, you know, like in many like in many scriptures, he also issues a warning. And the first thing he talks about is is the cowardly, and he says, "But the cowardly." The unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they'll be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So it's it's interesting in this this list of you know these these terrible sins. The first one he mentioned is being a coward, being cowardly. And so I think that the Bible is clear that if you know what to do. Uh, if you don't want the right thing to do and you don't do it, that is a sin. Sins of omission are just as bad as, as sins of commission. And in this case, I mean, we're all watching all this end time stuff that Jesus told us. Jesus told us over, I think, like 55 times to watch for signs of his return. And now we're, we're watching this, this massive convergence and acceleration in signs of the end times. And, and yet the church has been, you know, you know, largely silent. There's a few churches here and there, sort of, you know, talking about this, but mostly the church is just sort of going along with the the deal. Everybody's sort of keeping their heads low. Nobody wants to stick their neck out because they're afraid it's going to get chopped off. But by doing this, and and we we, we actually feature interviews in, in your mission in God's Army with Kevin Sorbo, who's a, a famous actor. He- 
He's not dead. He played Hercules back in, I think, in the 90s, popular TV show. And we interviewed him when uh, his uh, film uh, Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist came out. He's been very outspoken. I think I think he actually got knocked off Facebook, you know, because he's been, he's been speaking out. He's been standing his ground. And uh, there's, a, you know, so he talked about, you know, how he got interested in a career in Hollywood. When he was a little kid, his, his parents took him to a Shakespeare play. And, and then he told him afterward that, you know, uh, he wanted to get involved in movies, have a positive influence on people. And, you know, then, of course, you know, he went on and started Hercules. And, and then, then he did that God's Not Dead film, which was, you know, about this, uh, this atheist professor uh, who, who's, uh, uh, you know, uh, challenged by uh, uh, Christian students. In, in, in school about the the what what he's teaching you know and, and uh, you know then he was in left behind rise of the antichrist and he had this interesting quote we put in the book he said I've been sh-, you know so he sort of got kicked out of Hollywood he said uh, I've been shooting four or five movies a year for the last eleven years after Hollywood gave me the boot so I've been very fortunate to keep busy but I want people to have a voice and not let Hollywood and the mainstream media and the cancel culture world put fear in them because fear is the greatest weapon of our government they love fear they love controlling us with fear but we have to stop being afraid the only person we need to fear is God and right here in Revelation 9-11 the first thing he says but the cowardly uh, will be cast into the lake of fire so it's, it's very important that uh, you know you, you properly recognize what the Bible has to say about these things and, and not not let fear and and uh, uh, control us, but but you know let the the hope and power and, and courage and, and boldness of God uh, propel us forward to, to do what's right and to stand up against these these evil forces that are trying to take over our country and uh, and destroy our children and, and grandchildren. I mean, it's an extremely situ- serious situation. We need to rise to the occasion. You know, I, I think back about you know great great Americans in history. You know, most most of my ancestors fought in you know either Korean War, or World War II, Civil War, Revolutionary War. And it, it's sort of at these these times of the, the greatest crisis when, you know, Americans sort of see, seem to have this thing of sort of pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and, and standing up and doing what's right. And that's what we need to do now. We need to encourage more people to stand up, do what's right, you know, push back against this agenda. You know, I mean, anything can happen this year. You know, President Trump could actually get back into office. And, you know, we've seen signs of revival this last year uh, all across the country, the Asbury revival, the, the beach baptisms, the, the tent revivals, all these young kids coming to the Lord. People are hungry for the gospel and so but the you know jesus told us the the fields are ripe for the harvest but the labors are few we we need a lot more laborers out there to help bring in this harvest and uh you know god could turn around things on the dime if he wanted to but he's he's waiting on us he's waiting on us to do what's right stand up you know pray repent of our sins and 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 get busy doing what uh, the lord's called us to do we're live right now with colonel david giamona and Troy Anderson. We're talking about their new book that's coming out that you can pre-order tonight called Your Mission to God's Army. Discovering and completing your faith-filled assignment before Christ's return. Again, gentlemen, to restate myself, if people read the Word of God, I think it's very clear. Uh, God is a man of war, it says, and He teaches our us to fight, our hands and fingers to fight. And it's a good thing to be fighting on the side of the Lord because good news is we'll win. Now, we might be required to lay our lives down on the battle line, as many before us have. But Paul said to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. Uh, the good news is, this is a war we can win, unlike some wars we were not allowed to win. Um, I would say probably some agree. 
I'm reminded back of the 60s. We had a draft back then. Uh, Some right now are talking about a draft is going to happen in Britain, Mm -hmm. maybe America, unless something's settled over there between Ukraine and Russia. Um, I know that um, one of the senators, I think it's uh, not uh, Schumer, is saying, you know, hey, if uh, if Russia continues the way they're going, we're going to have to send our people over there. And, you know, I think that's a sad thing to send us over as cannon fodder in this war because um, I think it could have been settled, my, my personal opinion. But back to the point of the draft. In the 60s, there was a draft for the Vietnam War. I think it was 1968. My dad, who was 19 at the time, received a draft card. And uh, he had to report for duty. He was drafted by the U.S. Army. And had he not reported, he would have been AWOL, and they would have probably arrested him and put him in Levensworth Prison. But he reported for duty. Um, My grandfather before him had served, uh, retired with the U.S. Air Force Station in Libya, Africa, Tripoli, Air Force Base. So Dad went into the Army, and uh, many people were being drafted and sent right over to NAM. Folks, when we come to Christ, we're given a draft card. We're to report for duty. We've all been conscripted into a war. Now, you can choose to ignore that notice and go AWOL, but I wouldn't recommend that. You know, Word of God is very clear. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We've all been called to serve the Lord Jesus. Jesus is very clear. He that seeks to save his life will lose it, but he that will lose his life for my sake shall save it. And he says, if you don't pick up your cross, you're not worthy of me. And then when you do it, it says, if you put your hand on the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. There's no place for cowardice in the army of the Lord because people's lives are at stake. Yours, mine, our loved ones. And we've got a real enemy which is out there trying to destroy us all. And, you know, I think where the word of God says over in James 4, 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think that's saying, you could say, he's saying report for duty. Fight back against the enemy, and the enemy's going to flee. Um, I believe it's very true. There is no option but to report for duty. So you and I not only want to do that, but understand what our mission is more clearly than you probably have been told, and find out uh, how to finish this assignment. Because we all have an assignment for the Lord. And uh, look, it's a good thing to serve the Lord because... uh, at the end of it all, we're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. There's rewards coming for those that will surrender their lives to Christ. So this is not an optional thing unless uh, your idea of walking away from the Lord is a good thing. We're either for the Lord or against him. We've got to choose this day whom we're going to serve. And uh, gentlemen, is it possible that um, we may have to die with our boots on before this war is finished and Christ comes back? What's your thinking on that? Well, um, you know, Jesus said uh, throughout the scriptures that if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. Now, that's happened around the world, but in America, it's different. It's, uh, you know, we've really had had great awakenings. We've had revivals. We've had many, many occurrences of uh, the Holy Spirit just moving in powerful ways. I, in fact, was saved uh, in the Jesus Revolution in California back in the 70s. So, um, with all of that being said, you know, people were 
<laughs> I'm sure there are people listening that says these guys are out of their minds. They're talking about war. You know, Jesus was a pacifist. That you know, to some people's minds, <laughs> Jesus went around in a robe and sandals and preached love, and he preached. Uh, he threw flowers and kisses the people. But if you really read the scripture, that's not what Jesus was doing. He confronted evil. He loved the sinner, hated the sin. He confronted the religious people of the time and said, you know, you Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, which got him in deep trouble. Uh, but he said, you Pharisees are a brood of vipers. You're whitewashed walls. You're, you know, he he stood up to the 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 authorities and the you know the times he lived in and so he is calling his church uh to become part of this what we're talking about this end times army to prepare now not everybody in the army let's let's look at this for a moment you know of the three and a half million souls that are in the army both reserves active duty national guard and things like that you know only a few percentage are the trigger pullers the ones in the front lines actually doing the fighting. and But the trigger pullers, those who are in the front lines fighting, cannot do the war without all the support, the 75% plus that are actually you know, supplying the ammunition, the food, all the things that they need to sustain. So, you know, the Apostle Paul says it clearly. There are some that are weak. We understand that. There are some who are not gifted to be on the front lines all the time. There are some people that are in a support uh, arena, you know, in this in the mission that God has given them. Uh, maybe they're supporting with finances. Maybe they're supporting with, um, you know, other things that the God has given them. But we're all in the army. We just have to find our place. So there are three things that we talk about in the book that are really helpful to people because there are probably some person or, or people out there that are saying, well, how do I how do I find my mission? What what do I do? Well, there are three key points that I really want to talk about here before the night is over, and it's this. You know, when Jesus was found preaching in the temple when he was 12 years old, his mother and father had been looking for him for three days. And uh, they were really worried about him. And, and he said to them, why are you worried looking for me? Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? I had to be in my father's business? But they didn't even understand this. The Bible says they didn't understand the statement. Here's three points I want to share with people about getting into God's army and getting in, as you were talking about, the draft and being conscripted. Number one is preparation. You know, the Bible says that Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature. He didn't start his ministry, you know, when he was born. He he had to go through all the growth process of the human body. And even when he was 18, he still he didn't start until, you know, uh, he was, uh, I believe, 30 years old. He kept increasing in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men in Luke 2.52. So, first of all, is preparation. We have to prepare ourselves to be in this in this army. Once we're born again, we're in the army, then we got to study the scripture. We've got to attend church. Uh, you know, with a body of believers that love God, we have to develop our relationship with God and with each other. And so that's what Jesus said. The second thing he said, uh, what I would say is listening. We don't listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the point of the story about Jesus in the temple, the, his parents involved the importance of listening. 
So they're listening to their son tell them, hey, I'm in my father's business. We have to be listening to the Holy Spirit every moment and every day if we're going to be really effective uh, in 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 this in the war that we're in and the army that we're in. So we have to be listening. And the third thing, the most important thing is obey. Trust and obey, the song says. You know, we have to be obedient to our Heavenly Father and to Jesus. And so if we're listening... If we're preparing, then at the point that he's going to put places in that assignment, you know, that God, he has for us. Now, your job may not be your assignment. It may be a job, the place you're making money. But the, your assignment from the heavenly perspective is where is God placing you in the body of Christ? What? How are you supporting? Are you on the front lines? Are you a trigger puller? All these things come into play as we're going down that road of discovery of who we are in Jesus Christ. Brother Troy? Um, you know, um, some somebody had, um, there's one lady on, on Facebook that's always like, I think she lives in New Zealand. She's always kind enough to, to, to you know, comment on different different things. And so I'd, I'd actually promoted this uh, this show on, on as an event on on Facebook day uh, today as on our our Better Ed Ministries Facebook page and so you know she she said something that was very encouraging she said uh, our mission is not impossible and, uh, and I think that's the, going back to what I talked about earlier you know the devil's trying to discourage us he's trying to make us you know give up hope and that's a, that's a tactic that militaries use uh, you know psychological operations it's it's a uh, it's you know a strategy to, to demoralize the other side so that they you know they, they don't fight as well, as well as they possibly could, and the, the same tactics are being used against us as, as Christians today. And so I told her, you know, don't be surprised if the Lord does something completely unexpected this year. We just need to get on board with God's tactical plan. So so God God has an incredible plan in place, and, and the plan is to bring as many people to faith in Him as possible, and we're we're part of that plan. And so, you know, th- this is actually a, a great time to, uh, you know, to, to, to really t- reflect on your life and really take a close look at your life. And, you know, are, are you serving God to the, the, the you know, as uh, Oswald Chambers famously said, to the utmost, to his highest? You know, are, are you given 110 percent? You know, are you you looking for ways to share your faith? Are you? You know, if you're blessed financially, are are you you know giving you know are you tithing? Are you you know using your financial resources to help expand the, the kingdom of God? The, you know, I think the, the the surveys I've showed is just a, you know Christians in general give a very small percentage of their their income to further the kingdom of God. Uh, I think we interviewed Hugh Ross at Reasons to Believe for this book, and he said that if if Christians just simply donated uh, you know a few more percent. Um, you know than what they currently give. You know we we had the resources to to take you know to, to take the gospel to all the world to bring you know millions, hundreds of millions of people to the, to the faith in the Lord. So there's there's so many different ways that you can serve God. Um, your church, uh, uh, doing a Bible study, you know, pr- praying for people, uh, visiting this. I mean, there's so many things that Jesus told us. You know, visiting the sick, visiting people in prison. Um, you know, sharing your faith. Um, you know, uh, starting a ministry. Uh, writing a book, you know, doing a podcast, uh, you know, just on, on and on. There, there's so many ways that, uh, and so many things that God teaches us in, in Scripture, in, in ways to, you know, to, to, 
you know, to to help out. Like I, I right before this podcast, I just got off a call with a we have a prayer intercessor team. Pastor Bailey has a prayer intercessor team that prays for all the they're they're praying for this show right now. They're praying for all these different projects, for all these different ministries that the you know that God would use these things. And so so prayers are incredibly powerful, the most powerful thing that you could possibly do, you know, because God you know answers our prayers. It says right in the Bible, if you pray to him he hears us, and and he will answer according to his will. So there's there's so many different things that as believers we can do, and and we're so we're so distracted with you know TV shows and movies and social media and the media and Hollywood and you know um, you know sports and entertainment and, and all these things are you know um, to a certain degree are, are distractions. The devil tries to keep us away from our our central you know mission in life, which is you know to obey God, serve God, and and do what He's called us. To to do and and when you when you do that you, you'll find it's it's very it's, it's very fulfilling it's very exciting and and god has a has a much better plan for your life than than all these sort of you know meaningless vain uh, distractions that we're all uh, beset by you know just to reiterate what that person said uh this is a mission possible that's the good news folks this isn't an impossible mission um we're, we're going to win this war but we've got to do our active part it's time to say, Lord, here I am. What can I do for you? Where do you need me? And with any military uh, gentleman, um, you can expect some training and some preparation to be outfitted with, again, your weapons and your armor and your gear. That's the same in the Lord's end time army. We've been given his word. We've got his Bible, our, our, our warfare manual. We've got one another and books like this that the Lord gives for the people of God to be enriched by and to encourage them and get more training on the job. There's, uh, By the way, you gentlemen mentioned uh, you've got a uh, conference coming up. Could you give us some details on that? Yeah, there's a conference coming on April, and uh, it's called Hear the Watchman. It's in Dallas, Texas. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up uh, the exact dates because I don't have them in front of me. But it's going to be a great conference because there's going to be a lot of people, um, you know, speakers that are talking about the end times. And um, a great and I'm going to be there. Uh, go ahead. A great opportunity for like-minded believers to come out and fellowship. And um, yeah, will you and the uh, Colonel uh, both be there speaking? Um, I'm going to be speaking. Uh, Paul Begley is going to be speaking. Um, there's like a bunch of, um, you know, great people from around the country going to be speaking on the end times. And um, uh, Mike Kerr is the uh, guy that's uh, putting it all together with his wife. And it's going to be, um, hold on just one second here. Here, the Watchmen. I'm looking at the conference dates here. Uh, April. 5th to the 8th in Dallas. You can go to the website, hear the Watchman website. It's hearthewatchman.com and it's um, in Dallas and it's called Prophetic Signs in the Heavenlies, April 5th through the 8th. And so um, there's going to be, oh, I'm looking at a, a, a friend of ours, David Hevner, Paul Begley, myself, um, just a, a bunch of great people. The, I think Derek Gilbert's going to be there. Um, Fantastic. And there's still time for you yeah. to uh, sign up, folks. Uh, just only yeah, two months absolutely. away. Get out to meetings like this as well. Again, if you're just joining us, 
Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson. Gentlemen, if I could hold you for 10 minutes longer, do you have that available? Yeah, um, go ahead. To wrap up a few things here, um, we're talking about their new book. We'll give out details again in a moment, how you can reach some of the ministries and pre-order this book. I'll be ordering mine tonight. What is the importance of following the uh, commands of the leadership in a, in a military uh, of your superior officer? That's what I was looking for. That's the question I want to ask you because uh, I'm reading right now over in First Samuel. A, a, a tragic story of a man that was tapped by God and anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the first king of Israel. He would be King Saul. And from the get-go, his commander, the Lord of hosts, Yehovah, sends him into battle with specific instructions, and he doesn't carry him out. And he disobeys the Lord, and the Lord takes the kingdom from him. Now, it's a while before David will be put in his place, but King David, uh, I was thinking, King Saul, he screwed up from the get-go. Now, it may have went different for him if he had repented right there and had fallen on the mercy of the Lord, but he just kept compounding his troubles. Disobeying the Lord, goes out into battle, doesn't wait on the prophet, offers a sacrifice himself, which was uh, God was not happy with. And then, you know, the Spirit of the Lord leaves him, and an evil spirit is sent to torment him. And then he goes on this rampage to kill David. And, and trying to find him, he kills the prophets of the Lord. Slew a whole city, I just read the other day, of prophets. I don't know how many were there, but murdered. Over a hundred, I'm sure. And uh, then, of course, before he commits suicide, he goes over and does another terrible thing. Uh, consults with the witch of Endor. Um, I don't think it's a good thing to disobey orders. What happens when you disobey uh, orders from a superior officer that comes down the chain of command, Colonel, what would have happened to you? Well, um, first of all, you know, um, there's a number of things that can happen, but as I said previously, if you're in combat and you're uh, disobeying direct orders, whatever, you know, it's coming down, then uh, and you're out of line with the chain of command, then you're going to be, first of all, you're going to be reprimanded in front of the commanding officer. You're probably going to have some administrative action placed against you, depending on the severity of what you did. Now, if you, you know, just got, if you ran in combat, for example, you got, you went AWOL, as we say, absent without leave. Uh, that's one thing. If you did something minor, it's another. But you will have some kind of reprimand. You will have administrative action taken. And you could have jail time, depending on the severity. You could be kicked out of the military. There's, they have all kinds of different things they can do to you uh, if you're not in compliance with the commander's orders. Uh, and as I said, in years gone by, they don't, they don't do this anymore. At least, not to my knowledge. But in days gone by, if you got if you went AWOL, uh, they would execute you. Uh, it happened in the Civil War, um, and I know several stories. Uh, uh, actually, Chamberlain had a group of these deserters in his unit, and um, he was told to take charge of them until after the war, and they were going to execute them. So uh, there, there's a lot of things that can happen to you, but. In this day and age, you know, people will say, well, that's the Old Testament, Colonel, you know. New Testament, Jesus is loving and forgiving and kind, and and he is loving and forgiving and kind, and he gives us chances, 
you know, if we mess up, and which we all do, we all going to mess up. We're, we're all going to disobey orders. We're all going to do something at some time in our life because we're not perfect people. So, you know, we can give ourselves a break. I mean, if you've uh, done something really, really bad in your life, or some tragedy has befallen you. You know, God is in the forgiving business. He will cleanse us. He will, you know, restore us. He will, and we will repent. We will, he will make things right. But you're exactly right. Uh, King Saul did not repent. He kept on repeating his sin, and God finally took him out. However, if you just think that's in the Old Testament, well, you go to the New Testament, and I believe it's Acts chapter 6, if my memory serves me right, where Adonis and Sapphira, Sapphira were lying to the Apostle Peter about a piece of land that they sold. And uh, Peter asked him, did you sell this for such and such a price? He said, yeah. And uh, the husband fell over dead. And then after a while, his wife said the same thing. She fell over dead. And so it, it said it brought great fear among those. So God is the same yesterday and forever. He will give us chances. He will forgive us. Thank God he does. We'll all be toast right now. But uh, (laughs) at one point or another, we've got to get back up, repent of our sins, and get back into the fight. And if you'll read in Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, I believe, um, goes that far, the seven letters, he says, hey, this is what I have against you. When one of the churches said, you left, you left your first love. I want you to repent and get back into the fight. Get back into the flow of the Spirit that you may, you know, reap the rewards that I have for you. Right on target. Folks, it's time to report for duty and fight back in Jesus' name. We can win. Um, gentlemen, as we're closing, just a couple other bonus questions. Have you, gentlemen, had a chance to see the interview between Tucker Carlson and uh, President Putin yet? I have not. I've heard about it, and uh, someone's told me at length about it, but I haven't seen it personally. you got to watch this. Um, I signed up for the mailing list. Of course, it's out everywhere now. It's on YouTube, uh, X, but you can also go to TuckerCarlson.com. How about you, Troy? Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, yeah, I read some things about it. So I encourage everybody to watch this. Now, there's a lot of people hating on Tucker for going over and doing this, but he, after all, he's a journalist. And, you know, he says as an intro, hey, listen, uh, what's going on right now in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia, affects us all. And, you know, there's talk again of drafting Americans and British citizens and sending them over there to a, a war that could pop off of at any moment. Um, this concerns us all. And if you're going to be expected to do things like that, you deserve at least to uh, be informed as best as you can. So I watched this thing the other day. It's about an hour, hour and a half. I will say this, Putin is not suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. This guy gave a military history that would just blew my mind for 30 minutes. This guy knows what's going on over there. And this is troublesome because I think a lot of people have underestimated Russia. Now, I'm not asking you gentlemen to make a judgment call on uh, right or wrong, you know, uh, here with this Ukraine-Russia war, but I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, tonight, what is your opinion on this? Do you think that um, America will go into war? Uh, Some are calling for war in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. I mean, of course, we are uh, arming, everybody knows this, uh, Ukraine and sending billions of dollars over there. But we're talking about a potential shooting war. 
involving American citizens there? Um, could there be one on in Africa, uh, in Yemen? What's your th- what's your thoughts on that? Uh, should we look for a war in the next uh, near future, or will this thing blow over? What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's hard to get into the crystal ball and see exactly what's going to happen in the future. But I think uh, if you look at the history of World War One and World War Two, many things that were taking place then are now taking place again uh, in a lot of different arenas. So we have the explosive type of situation in the Middle East right now where we're, you know, firing up the Houthis and, you know, Israel uh, could, you know, this this could explode into a regional war uh, very easily. You know, they're trying to block the Straits of Hormuz, those kinds of things going on. Then we got China and Taiwan. And, you know, there's no secret the Chinese want Taiwan back for a lot of reasons. Uh, financially, it's probably the biggest one. And then we've got North Korea. And then we've got Russia. Uh, it, it, I was just talking to some people. I was in a, a conference a couple of weeks ago in Florida. And these people were from Finland. They were from Sweden. And Russia is preparing to go to war with them because they're on their borders. And they've now signed up for NATO. And by the way, Putin... Whether rightly or wrongly, um, you know, there's a lot of debate on it. He said he wanted to join NATO, and the United States, he talked to um, the President of the United States then, uh, Bill Clinton, and Bill wanted to do it, but then he was told not to by who we know is the Council of Foreign Relations, right. uh, who really run the country. Um, and so it was turned down, but we could have diverted all of that. Here's the other factor. We have a very weak leader. The rest of the world knows that. Uh, we have a guy that can't remember his own name and, you know, bumps into his head on the helicopter and on and on it goes. Uh, I don't even want to make fun of him anymore because it's just too easy. But everybody knows we have weak leadership in the U.S. Yes. And this is the time in the world that's very, very dangerous because in weak leadership it creates a vacuum and, and people are coming to the forefront. So our is, is are we on the verge of some major things happening? Very possibly. I think so. Troy, what's your take on the situation over there? In fact, uh, I will uh, just state this before you answer. Uh, Putin made a lot of good points. And uh, it's clear to me that there's an agenda by some people that are trying to push us into a war. And they won't be sending their children. They'll be sending recruiting ours for cannon fodder. Now, I, listen, I, I love uh, America. I will fight for America. My grandfather, my father, others of my family have. I served as a civilian for six and a half years, honored to work with the military. We've got a great country. But I think we've got some um, in leadership right now that uh, are not patriots. And just what's been happening since this last administration took over, they're driving America into a coffin. Um, should we forget that we've got a literal invasion going on at the southern border? Six or seven million illegals that have come in illegally. The cartel seemed to be running the immigration policy. I asked my question to some people on Facebook, why is the Mexican and American army not on the border dismantling cartel who are raping women at the rape tree as part of their entry fee? Even after they've taken like fourteen to fifteen grand to get to get in, they will rape you. 
and throw your panties and bra up on a tree. It's within, you know, uh, viewing of the um, the border down there. Everybody knows about it. What's going on? People complaining about it. Nobody's doing anything about it. I think this is going by the book, a UN agenda for resettlement, and America is bit by bit being destroyed. We're being ground up financially. The last thing we need is a war. And uh, if we were actually in Putin's shoes, would we want uh, missile batteries to be put right there on our borders? I wouldn't want it. I think that there's some people out there that got a, a, a diabolical, diabolical agenda, and they don't love America. They would just soon destroy it. Or they're, you know, that's either their intent or they're fools to think that we can go up against the largest superpower in the world that's got more nukes than us and uh, that it's all going to turn out well if we begin shooting these nukes off. Uh, I said a bunch there. Troy, what's your take on this? I'm not happy with what's going on over there. I think it should have already been settled. But there's some people in our government offices that don't want it settled. What's your thoughts on, on this? Yeah, Shad, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we essentially, we have a very corrupt uh, government, unfortunately, leadership. And, you know, in journalism, they, they always told us to follow the money. And there's billions and billions and billions of dollars involved here. So, you know, there are arms contractors and the government and all that kind of thing. If they can provoke a, a war with Russia in Europe, then, you know, the, the elite behind the scenes can make, you know, tons and tons of money. And um, there's, you know, Jesus told us the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And uh, we, we've seen this play out, you know, throughout history. Uh, you know, many, many wars that America has been involved in were very just, especially World War II. You know, uh, uh, these are the communist, socialist you know, Nazi forces were attempting, you know, the demonic onslaught were attempting to take over the world. And so it was an extremely just war to maintain, you know, freedom and democracy and restore, you know, order to the planet. Uh, but things become very complicated today. And, uh, and there's, there's, there's all these, you know, behind the scenes deep state forces that, that want to have a war. They want to take America down. You know, we're, we're watching this, like you said, the, the, the border, the situation, the border is an absolute travesty. I think I read one article that maybe 30 million illegal immigrants have now come into our country. And who, who knows how many terrorists, how many military people. Yes. I mean, they, they're trying to take out America. And, um, and so, you know, hopefully enough people will wake up and, and go to the polls in November and, and vote for President Trump um, or, you know, yes. uh, whoever the Republican, you know, candidate ends up being uh, because the Democrats, <laughs> you know, they are trying to merge us into this, this new world government. They're trying to re- replace our country, essentially. And right now, they, I mean, during the pandemic, uh, we, we saw that they showed their true colors, right? But now we're close to the election. Now they're sort of, you know, the World Health Organization, these different United Nations, the Biden administration. They're, you know, they're they're playing they're playing nice because they're they're hoping we'll forget about how crazy things were just a couple of years ago, so they can get back in power and then they can implement the final stage of their plan to you know, create this new world order. But Biden came out a couple of years ago and said, you know, America must lead the new world order. And so we've had, you know, many world leaders talking about this phrase, and now we've got, you know, Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum talking about the great reset of capitalism. And, and the, you know, the, the truth is 
global debts are at sky high record levels all over the planet all the governments are massively in debt inflation is going through the roof and uh, it's just a matter of time before we see some kind of economic implosion and so you know they know that's coming and so they're they're they want to be you know in position when it does happen that they make even more money become more powerful more wealthy at, at all of our expense and so yeah you know um if if I, you know i didn't watch the interview with, with you know, President Putin, but, um, you know, like the colonel said, uh, he tried to join NATO and it was turned down. That's you know, true. So that, te- that tells you everything right there. And um, so there's, you know, very powerful forces that want to have war because it's very, very profitable. They had signed an agreement, and uh, as part of the interview, it's brought out, and people can research this, find out it's true. Boris Shelton went over there and told them not to do it. So they pulled back. Uh, they were at the... Uh, in the peace talks and ready to cut a deal. Uh, gentlemen, I, I reason I even mentioned that is because I think if anybody sees this and you say, well, could that same interview go on with um, Joe Biden? Folks, I don't even know that he knows the name of his grandchildren at the same time. If anybody honestly thinks that uh, he's even cognizant of what's going on, if it were not for the earpiece and the teleprompter and the drugs that they use to prop him up, I don't think that he could even function more than five minutes. And, um, the real question, million-dollar question, who's running the show? I have my take on it, but I, I think it's a uh, it's a, a, a cabal behind him that are just using him as his puppet. And uh, for some of the things that I'm saying right now, I was kicked off YouTube, not once, but eight times. I told <laughs> Troy before this show, we will not be on YouTube streaming because I'm too volatile. Even a couple weeks ago, I said, I'm not going to mention anything about politics or the thing in the arm again. I'm just going to try to keep a channel and grow it again. And I uploaded a program from 2010, year one of Omega Man Radio. I must have talked about the vaccine. I don't know. It was 13 years ago. And uh, I got a message back that uh, you violated our terms. And this first is a warning. Next one will be a strike, two strikes. I know what happens after that. Uh, Because you've won against the official uh, stance of the World Health Organization, the CDC. I'm telling people that YouTube has not repented, and there's already been hundreds of thousands of casualties of programs like mine that uh, can't operate very easily on that platform. So I have went back into the world of podcasting where we still have some censorship resistance. I said all this, gentlemen, to say this. uh, I think that the last election was stolen, was compromised. Whether people want to agree with me or not, that's up to them. And uh, when... Uh, fascists take control, or communists, if they continue, they don't just go silently into the night. I really believe in my gut, and others are saying it. In fact, a sheriff just came back from a conference with, uh, I think there's 33,000 sheriffs, or three, excuse me, 3,000 sheriffs in America. They were called up to D.C., and he said, I met with uh, government officials, and FBI Director Ray told us 72 hours ago, that we've got more red flags popping off now than we did before 911. He said we've got people that have come in the country that are not here with good intentions, and you need to begin to prepare your communities and tell them um, there's trouble coming. And I think that's an understatement. I think we're going to see something pop off, gentlemen, in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be a potential even false flag, whether it's to disrupt the election, what have you. How can you tell me that there's not a fifth column in this country when millions are coming in 
from all over the world. These aren't people from Mexico. They're just using Mexico as a conduit. You know, some good Mexican people down there. These are people from many countries that don't share uh, our beliefs, our love for America. What percentage would even need to come in of 6 million, let's say, conservatively, to be a fifth column that could do some very uh, bad damage? What if 10% of that? That's 600,000. What if 1% of 6 million illegals, how much is that? 60,000? Am I doing my math right? Came in? Uh, That's a pretty big standing army. And they have already prepositioned through mafia and cartels weapons in this country that could be used. I think that we're being set up for something really bad this year. But but God, God can always intervene. But I wonder if we're at the point where there's a prophecy of America that says God will fill that country with men like caterpillars and they will lift up a shout against it. I think the judgments of God are falling. If we don't repent and report for duty, we're in some serious trouble. That's really oh, no my question. We are, yeah, we're already in judgment. Judgment has already fallen. You know, when uh, God judged Israel, the first thing he did, he gave him weak leaders. Well, what do we got? Oh, man. Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember in the military, uh, that, that time, I guess it was in the 90s, they, they started to do the uh, drawdown, and they, they started first yes. decommissioning bases? There was a yes. whole bunch of bases that were shut down for people who don't remember that era. And then there was... Uh, you know, the drawdown, and um, of course, um, I think that we've had a consistent purge of the military and even some of our intelligence agencies of some good men and women that love this country and uh, served valiantly. And I said all that to say this, you know, Colonel and Troy, I don't think that we've got the back, the backing of God or of the kind of uh, cadre to go into war at this time. I think it's like if we, if we go to war against Russia, or even China, it could be like going into war without the Ark of the Covenant and the, the prophet. It could be like Saul mm-hmm. went into war presumptuously. Now, it may be going by God's book. Ultimately, this could be the will of the Lord. But I don't think that this bodes well for the country. We need to pray. But back to us in the whole topic tonight of individuals, I don't think there's a better time than to enlist in God's end-time army. Because um, one thing about it, the war is, is here on us. I think the best position, in, if you're going to be in a war, is go offensive instead of being, being on def- defense all the time. What do you think? Uh, do we sit it out? Do we just wait till it comes to our door? Or should we be proactive now and go for the Lord against the enemy? What's your think in closing? Uh, just in closing, I would say um, there's no, set, no such thing as sitting out in the, God's army or God's kingdom. Uh, we're to fight to the end, and so uh, use the weapons of a warfare God has given us: prayer, reading the Bible, fellowship, um, you know, feast, fasting, uh, all those things, and more that God has given us. Listening to the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, using the weapons of miracle, the prop, you know, the gifts, the prophecy, miracles, discernment. These are all things that God has equipped us with. We need to start using them. Amen. Any final comments tonight, Troy? Yeah, I just say, um, you know, I, I believe the Lord inspired the colonel to 
or both of us to write this book, um, you know, we want to help people prepare to, to live with boldness, to live with courage, you know, to become dynamic, purpose-filled, fully armored warriors of God to, to fight this battle. No matter how it turns out, if, if God turns things around, or if they keep heading the way they're, they're going, uh, we, we need to be engaged in this fight, engaged in this battle, doing what God has called us to do. Occupy till I come. Preach the gospel, raise the dead, cast out the demons, pray for people, heal the sick, do all the, all the things that he told us to do. Signs, wonders, and miracles. It's all beginning to happen again around the world. You know, because we, we help people write different books and such. Uh, one, one of the books about this guy had this incredible journey to heaven. All, it's a global phenomena. All around the world, people are having these visions. Jesus is appearing to people. People are going on these trips to heaven. There's just all this supernatural stuff that's happening. The media is not reporting. But a lot, you know, like like CBN News and different Christian outlets are. And so there's incredible, amazing things happening that I would just encourage everybody listening to, to, you know, join God's army. uh, Regardless of how it turns out, you know, you'll one day stand before the Lord and you'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest, into eternal, you know, happiness and, and, and amazing things beyond our imagination that God's prepared for those who love him. I would agree. Folks, I would say, in summary, it's time to man and woman up out there. God needs you in his end-time army. If ever there was a thing you could do for the Lord, it's to go for him now. And uh, let the Lord use you to win souls. He that wins souls is wise. We don't have to fear the enemy. We just need to fear the Lord. Fear and obey the Lord, it says, and even the angel of the Lord will camp about you to deliver you. You know, the fear of man bringeth the snare, but those that obey the Lord shall be safe. The Lord really delivered me of a spirit of end-time fear with that verse right there. And so, folks, the, the, the best place to be is with the Lord and to put the enemy to a sword. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for coming on. Before we close, I want you both to tell each, tell the people out there how they can contact you in your ministries, anything you'd like to mention, and, of course, how they can pre-order this new book coming out called Your Mission in God's Army. Yeah, you could get us on Facebook and you can type in Troy Anderson, David Giamone on Facebook, Battle Ready Ministries. Uh, go to our website, www.battle-ready.org. Uh, both Troy and I have our websites. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to have you follow us. And we have a newsletter. Troy, tell them a little bit more about the newsletter and how they can sign up for that. Yes, yeah, so people can sign up for the free newsletter at battlereadyministries.org. And uh, there's all kind of, all all the information on the books is on there, and you know of course all all three books: the Military Guide to Armageddon, Military Guide to Disarming Deception, now our new book, Your Mission in God's Army. It's all available via Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Christian Book, Target, Walmart, Books a Million, Hudson Booksellers, you, you name it, pretty much anywhere anywhere books are sold. Folks, get this book, and not only this, but get the the others that are also available uh, by these authors and. Um, Colonel, Colonel, uh, is there a website or anything you'd like to give out? Yes, uh, you go to my website, david.j.giamona.com, and that's on my personal website. And you can come onto my Facebook. Uh, just type in David Giamona or Battle Ready Ministries, and you'll you'll go right to it. Uh, in your time as a uh, chaplain and serving the military, did you ever uh, get called to the White House? I was actually uh, invited at Christmas time to the White House. Yes, I never, I didn't meet the president at the time, but we 
given a personal tour by a staff. And so, and I used to drive, uh, travel the train every day to Pentagon. So I would talk to Washington staffers uh, who work in the White House all the time. So I was, I was really connected in a lot of different ways to the White House, yes. So if President Trump uh, wins again in January and he were to call you up and, and tap you for service, uh, would you be willing to work? Um, I will salute the flag and carry out the mission. Amen. <laughs> We'll get you in there with Secretary of the Army. And, Troy, you ready to go to work up there? Sure, I could, I could be press secretary. Press secretary, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> we'll create a new branch, uh, Secretary of the Printing, and we'll get these books printed. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I really think that thank you both for coming on tonight, for going the extra time with me. Folks, the bullseye has been painted on Christians, Jews, and patriots. We're being censored worldwide. <laughs> And uh, the enemy does not want you and I to be prepared for what's coming. you got to get this book tonight. Get prepared because war is coming whether you like it or not. And we can be overcomers in Christ. Um, but don't wait. Love you both, gentlemen. Uh, Troy, you want to close us in prayer? Uh, yes. Uh, dear Lord, uh, thank you for bringing all these people to, to listen to the show tonight. Lord, we, just, we, we thank you for all the amazing miracles and blessings and healings that you perform in our lives and guiding us through life and we just ask you to to bless everybody that's listening to the show tonight to uh, inspire them fill them with uh, your your love and, and hope and and uh, uh, heal them of any illnesses they have and uh, uh, we just ask for you to protect send your angels to protect all these people keep them safe and uh, help us fulfill your your mission that you've called us to do uh, in this life in the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Amen. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on. You're welcome back here anytime. Uh, we'll get a link up in the show notes of this book, Your Mission in God's Army. You can pre-order it now. Love and appreciate you, gentlemen. Have a great evening, and I'll send you a copy of the show. Hey, you, thank you. God bless. God bless you. Likewise. Thank you. God bless. And as they say, hua. <laughs> Good night. Okay. Folks, I goofed tonight. I uh, I went over my one hour and into Brother Joseph Ferrara's time. He was scheduled tonight, and I apologize, Brother Joseph. I goofed. I looked at the wrong date. I thought I had to speak my word. and didn't have another guest until uh, 10. Uh, I will get him back on. Please forgive me, Brother Joseph. And uh, this was a good program, though. We're going to get up in the archives. We're going to take a break. Come back in about 10 minutes. I need to uh, set up our next guest and make sure their mic is working, so take a break coming up next i'm going to be bringing in from buenos aires argentina live our friend lawrence Demello. there's been an amazing discovery made off the coast of argentina you're going to learn all about it tonight the ramifications of it are such that if what they believe is down there it's going to have to rewrite it's going to rewrite the history books you don't want to miss this Okay, we'll be back in about 10 minutes. God bless.